We have entered already the second half of our Lenten journey. Wednesday is the, the point, the middle point of our 40 days of Lent. So we're, it's a countdown right now, three weeks from now. We will already have Holy Saturday. So the Lenten journey moves quickly and we are invited again in a special way today through our readings to be mindful of this journey. Who are we to be? How we are to be in relationship to the Lord? You know, ultimately, you know, if we look at these readings and, and we are called to do on one level, we're called to do uh, acts of love, kindness, and secondly, that we are to do so with that humility. And, and that's why the Lord is instructing us how to be humble. It's not because it's just an attitude within us, it's that the very means by which we attain salvation. We cannot attain salvation with, with, with pride because pride blocks everything from us. It does not allow us to enter into relationship with God. We get stuck in that box of pride and we do nothing. We think that we do, but we do not. And so let's begin today with that word from the book of prophet Hosea. The invitation is, come let us return to the Lord. Come, we're invited, it's an exhortation. Come, let us return to the Lord. Because despite the fact that we have to go through sufferings, despite the fact that, you know, that we have to endure difficulties, it is in him that we have the healing. It is in him who binds our wounds. So it is the Lord. Yes, he allows us to go through sufferings, but he does not leave us there. He calls us back. He's the one who takes care of us if we allow him. And again, if we allow him, because we may say no, I'm not interested. So that's why the invitation, come to the Lord, return to the Lord. Return meaning that we were there before in our relationship with him, but that we have something that has happened to us, that we have become either disillusioned or whatever happened to us, that we have become distrusting, and the Lord is, is inviting us, come again, and he will revive us after two days, and on the third day he raised us up to live in his presence. Again, the reference here is to Jesus. He revives us after two days, as you know. He died on a cross for two days. He was in the womb of the earth, uh, and, and then he was, he was raised. He was raised on the third day. And so is it kind of interesting that this prophetic, pr prophetic words, six, 700 years before the, the birth of Christ, before his suffering and death, there's a reference to it, two days, Yes, today's, he will revise us after today's and raise us to be in his presence. Again, let us know, let us strive to know the Lord. So to return to the Lord is also that we may come to know him as the one who loves us, is the one who is doing all things that he may bring us back to himself because he wants to give us heaven. He wants to give us, you know, a life of glory with him. He does not want us to be separated from him. And this is the, that invitation to call, so let us know him. And let us come to know his judgment, judgments because his judgment is, is, the, is a gift of mercy. Yes, we are sinners, but he invites us 
to, through his love and mercy to be there and we shall be like the, like, again, like the light of the day. He will come to us like a rain, like a spring rain that waters the earth. You know, right now we're entering almost the spring and we can see what the spring does. The showers, spring showers, bring beautiful flowers because what happens is that moisture and warmth produces life, produces effects, produces goods and fruit. And then again, the call is, what can I do with you, Ephraim, or with you, Judah? These are the sons of Jacob, the sons of Israel. These are the, one of the, 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 mem the members of the tribe, of the people of God. What am I to do? The Lord says, what? Because what's, what's wrong is that your piety is like a morning cloud, like a morning dew. It's there and then disappears. That's how the Lord compares the people of God, his chosen people, the people that he's chosen to be peculiar his own. And yet if you, the Lord is, is, is stating that you, your, your piety, your, your life of, of spiritual life is very shallow. It's like a morning dew that see the sun comes out and disappears. And, and for this reason, I, I smote them through the prophets. For this reason, I allowed you to go through difficulties. I allowed you to go through pain and sufferings because you don't seek my protection. You want to be alone. You want to do it everything on your own. You know, despite the commandments, you want to just follow the, 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 the dictates of your heart, which the dictates of our hearts are sometimes very disordered. And so this is the, the call from, from the prophet Hosea, who's inviting us, who wants, to, who wants us to, to live a life, not just of sacrifice, but of love. Because you know, you can offer a sacrifice, it doesn't cost you much, especially if it's from, from one surplus. And, but, but to love, to love. And you know, and again, the word chesed is in the, uh, in, in, in that, in that uh, from the book of, uh, Hosea, as well as the Psalms, has said, is the love, is that merciful love, but is also that the faithful love, love that that's always there. So that's why God has that has said in relationship to us, is a faithful love, and it's called faithful love is mercy, because we as human beings, because we are broken, we're sinful. His relationship with us is that that love is manifested as mercy. And that's why today that the psalm is a beautiful response. It's a, it is mercy that I desire, not sacrifice. And so, because we need to turn to the Lord and seek his mercy. And that's why that, that, um, that today's gospel is so powerful because Jesus addressed this parable to those who are convinced of their own righteousness. So it's the people who are convinced, I'm, I'm fine, there's nothing wrong with me, I'm great, whatever it is, or you know, the, this, the sense of my own righteousness and despise everyone else. So there's only not those who are looking, uh, you know, and looking at themselves and saying, yeah, everything is fine, but they say, but look, I'm not like the other one. Again, to be despising the others. And so we have these two people, the example of these two people entering the temple to pray. One Pharisee, the other one tax collector. And, and here, the interesting words of our gospel is, the Pharisee took up his position. He goes to a place and he took his position. That means he goes up, up front, wherever, I do not know, but, but it usually seems like there he goes right in the middle and, or to be visible, take his position, and spoke this prayer to himself. This was not a prayer 
spoken to God, but he took this position and spoke this prayer to himself, which means he's not turning to God. Although he calls God, you know, oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, and even like this tax collector, I faced, I fast twice a week and I pray, pay tithes on my whole income. Okay, so he manifests himself. See, the, the difficulty with this position is that he does not compare himself to God. He does not compare himself to the commandments. You know, yes, he says I'm faithful, but that's in his own perspective, from his own view. And, and so instead of comparison, comparing himself to God and to that holiness, to the, the type of, of, of invitation that the Lord is extending to us, be holy as I am holy. Be holy as I am holy. No, he's comparing himself to adulterers, you know, the other, those broken people. So yeah, he feels he's kind of, kind of superior. And you see, and this is where the pride comes and, and pride enters. You see, the problem with pride is that it does not allow us to look at ourselves with a deep honesty that we are made of, you know, we're ashes, we're made of clay. There's, we're not perfect and we'll never be perfect because God, only God can make us perfect. And so it's an honest look at ourselves, honest look at who we are, what we have done. And we see that if we look at it from the perspective of God, from this perspective of commandments and, and from the perspective of our Lord Jesus, the commandment of love, we see our own limitations. We see our sinfulness. We see the things we neglect, not only that we commit, but also that which we do not do. And, and, you know, and looking ourselves from that perspective, and even if we were to look at the Beatitudes and examine ourselves in view of the Beatitudes, or if we look at the, from the perspective of, of the last judgment, you know, uh, what we have done to the least of, of one another. I mean, from that perspective, we see automatically, we see our deficiencies, we see our brokenness, our sinfulness. And this is why only in relationship to God can we say, Lord, I'm so sorry. And this is where the honesty comes from, that humility comes, accepting ourselves from that perspective of being limited, being, being human being, because we cannot make it on our own. We know this. We cannot make it on our own to heaven because only God can do that for us because we're clay, we're earthly. Yes, we have the soul that has been given to us by God, a gift of God, that we're able to participate in a life of, of glory. And yet we also have body. We were body creatures, and yet we have the spiritual dimension. And we cannot, since we are unity, body and soul, we're unity, um, in, in, that, in that integral unity, we are to be saved, body and soul. Yes, soul, but also body, and we, we believe in that resurrection of the bodies just as Jesus rose from the dead. So we shall also receive that resurrected body. And, and because of that, we cannot make it. And spiritual, spiritual dimension, we can enter into pride. And of course, we know the one who has led us into the pride, you know, through the original sin, Satan himself. He wants us to be children of pride, of rebellion, that I don't need God. I am a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. I don't need God, or you know, or maybe maybe not as explicitly, but we kind of sense that you know it's up to me, 
you know, and 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 you know, and, and this is why, this is why there's a there's a trapping that that we call the trappings of pride. I remember there was an example once used. There was a there was a gentleman who used to go to a, to um, to a psychologist and and to a counselor, and you know, I think for a while we had were quite was quite popular. You know, speaking of of uh, the guilt complex, you know that you know the guilt complex, and and you know, you know that we should break out of it, whatever, so to really be freed. But but this this wise, prudent uh, counselor, after hearing his his client speak of the guilt complex, how he has to work uh, work against it, how he has to remove it from his life, uh, you know, at the end. You know, you know the, the counselor said to him in that total honesty, he says, I don't think you have a guilt complex because after you've told me everything that you're doing, you're guilty. <laughs> you have, you're guilty, which means is that, that, you know, we may try to remove, you know, rationalize things. What are we doing, the things we're doing, you know, to protect its pride within us. We can rationalize and by rationalizing, you know, it, what happens to us is that we can excuse ourselves. And we see, you know, p people in political life sometimes or social life or any, any social or even religious life, we can see that, you know, that, that we wanted to rationalize things, whatever we have done wrong. You know, somehow our ego is not able to accept it because we're, we, we put our put, put this, this walls there so we won't even touch it. And yet all of us, all of us are invited by the Lord today to look at ourselves from the perspective of this, hon this honest, humble tax collector who stood from a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but would say in beating his breast and pray to his God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner, because we are all by nature and all of us broken or have been broken by sin. So I tell you, the Lord says, the latter went home justified. The, 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 you know, the, the tax collector, but not the former. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So we are invited, invited to be like our Lord Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God, something to be grasped at, as, as the letter to the Philippians says, but emptied himself and took the form of a slave, he was lower than, 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 than we because he embraced everything, God as he was. He did not cling, he did not consider divinity to something to be cling, cling on to. This is, these are the words about the Son of God who wanted to serve, who went to serve the Father. Take, it is, take me, yes, I am the one uh, who wishes to do and desires to be of service on behalf of humanity. And what this service meant is that he took the cross. He carried the cross for us. He carried the burden of sin, the punishment that we deserve. He removed it from us. This is how great that love that the Father has sending his son. But this is the manifestation of humility of the Son of God who wished to be not only like us, and he became one of us so that he may manifest the Father's love, but also that he may carry the burdens which we ourselves deserve, the punishment that we deserved. 
because that's why we, that's who we are. And yet it is not humility and love that the Father removes this from us, the consequences of sin, and it's not by some great work, but it's by turning back to him. It is not by paying huge amount of money, it's not going through undergoing these huge uh, things, you know, uh, activities that will bring us back to the relationship with God. No, it's not. It is the simple saying, Father, I need you. Father, I want you, to, I want you to, to look kindly upon me. And through your son, I am asking you to forgive my sins. You know, just like the chaplet speaks, because we offer the Father, the Son, the, the body, soul, body, blood, soul, and divinity as our atoning sacrifice. It is in his name, I ask. It is for his, for his sake, for the sufferings of the Son of God that I'm asking you to be merciful to me, to forgive me, but only, not only to me, but my family members. I ask for forgiveness for my children, for my brothers, sisters, for my spouses. You know, we ask this for my members of community, religious community. We ask for that forgiveness from one another. We ask for the forgiveness of our nation, we, for, for the sins of our nation, for the sins of those who have enacted laws which are contrary to the, to the commandments, which are destructive to the innocent human life before they're born, to the who are destructive to, to those who in any way, you know, who are at the end of their life, who are being pushed over. All those things we have to ask. We have to have that, that love that has said, faithful love, just like God has for us. We are to respond with that faithful love. And we have so much we can do. We can invite Our Lady, who is a powerful intercessor, who also in humility embraced the Father's will, embraced it by saying that fiat, let it be done to be according to your word. That type of humility, that type of love, that type of fidelity is necessary and essential because this world is in need of the redemptive love, is in need of our prayer. You know, we call upon, and this is why John Paul in that, in that encyclical Divas in Misericordia, he says the role of the church is not only to proclaim the mercy of God, but call upon his mercy, that we are the, the, are the intercessors. We are the one who are to intercede for one another. And you know, again, the chaplet is that, have mercy on us and on the whole world, that we repeat, we become the intercessors, we become the crying out members of the church who understand the brokenness of humanity, who wish to receive this mercy. And, and why, why this act of humble request is because there's no other way. We are creatures, God made us. Yes, we are great because God made us. We, he gave us the ability to think through and to be free to say yes and to say no. But we have abused this freedom and we have turned it against God, or we have, we have tried to, to use it for our own advantage, benefit, contrary, often contrary to even God's ways because of our, of our arrogance, because of our pride, because of our sinful tendencies, we blindness, which, are, which is the cause of, the result of, of, of our sins, but it causes our breaking of a relationship with God. So may we then today, as we have this beautiful gift of our readings, the Lord, the Lord knows us. We don't have to excuse ourselves. The Lord already knows us. We just have to return to him, call upon him for, you know, uh, have mercy on us, Lord, in your goodness, 
in your greatness, in the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense, my sin, thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin cleanse me. For you are not pleased with sacrifices. Should I offer a burnt offering, you would not accept it. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a contrite spirit. That's all we is asking for, is contrite spirit, that we acknowledge our limitations, that we, we go to confession, we confess our sins. A contrite spirit, a humble, contrite heart, O oh God, you will not spurn, you will not reject, because God in his love is bountiful in his mercy. So if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. May we then ask the Lord to help us to come back to the Lord. Let us ask him to make us men and women who love the Lord, who, are, who realize our brokenness, but who also realize the mercy of God, his great love, compassion, and is freely given. We don't have to earn it. God gives us, except for those who turn back to him, and they predispose themselves to receive these extraordinary divine graces that will transform us, lead us to live in glory with God forever. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.